Hey guys, welcome back. Firstly, before I get into this podcast, I just want to say a massive thank you. This podcast actually landed in the top 10 most listened podcasts within the rugby category as of last week. So I really do appreciate that. As always, this podcast is sponsored by Goosey Sports. Goosey Sports is a team wear brand that provides playing kit and leisure wear both on and off the field for all sports. In today's podcast, I'm joined by Peter Breen. Peter's become a very well-known coach around the world whilst growing his brand and business, Rugby Bricks. He's had spells with the Wallaroos and, bit, and clubs such as Melbourne Storm. Individually, Peter has worked with some of the best players in the world, as we touch on with Aaron Smith. Today, we'll talk about his journey for himself and the business in depth. Please enjoy this listen and share where possible. Thanks again. Guys, welcome back. Another great listen lined up today. I'm joined by Peter Breen of Rugby Bricks, ex-professional rugby player from New Zealand. Firstly, mate, appreciate your time and um, how are you? Awesome. Thanks, Joshua. Thanks for having me on. Big fan of podcasts, so it's uh, it's cool to come and jump on your one. Yeah, no, no. It's, uh, it's great, mate. Been going back and forth for a while, so glad we can uh, finally sit down and and get and share your journey, mate. It's uh, a pretty impressive one. Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed something you just said then, ex-professional player. I've noticed people from the UK, they just love saying that they're an ex-professional player. Like I've noticed it with a lot of people's <laughs> profiles. It's like a, in New Zealand, you'd never say that you're yes. an ex-professional. I don't know what it is. What Like what is that? Egos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's something well, I've noticed. It, look, I'll put it this way. If you look at it, 90% of the people that put it as an ex-professional or anything probably played, you know, the odd game and they don't want, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're the ones that are, have had a, a great career. Usually, you know, they're the ones that are happy to let it go, but um, yeah. maybe that, maybe that's it. I, I think there's something in that. <laughs> so um, obviously, firstly, mate, where, are you in, in Melbourne? Are you up in Queensland or? Yes, I'm in Melbourne. So we've just ticked over, I think, 220 days of lockdown total now. So um, we've been doing it tough the last couple of years, but um, we've I've, I've just had a, a baby daughter arrive. So she's a three month old. So it's it's been a blessing in disguise being able to spend this much amount of time with with a new baby girl, which has been cool. Um, but yeah, Melbourne's had it rough, right? The the sporting capital of the world, and for the last two years, there's just been nothing. So it's been rough. Yeah, well, congratulations on, on the the newborn. Firstly, mate. Yeah, Melbourne's uh, had it tough. I had a friend living down there. He's actually had enough now and moved back to the UK. So um, <laughs> yeah. there for a bit of a free for all there. And obviously, the reason I ask if you were in Melbourne or in Queensland, from from what I see, you've been doing or involved, should I say, with the coaching in uh, a Melbourne Storm, and obviously the NRL has has moved up to Queensland. Uh, what's your role within the in the Storm there, Peter? Yeah, so at the start of the season, um, they had Cameron Smith retire, who's been their goal kicker, um, and he's goal kicked for probably, I don't know how long he's been with the Storm, probably 10 plus 12, 12 years, he's been the guy, he's been the goal kicker, they've never had to worry about it, and then 
at the start of this season, they when he retired, they realized, shit, we've got a bit of a gap here. We, we need some help with goal kicking and getting the boys some some work. So I'd done a, a little bit of work with Ryan Papp um, a few years ago, and he mentioned my name. So just come in initially for six weeks um, just to do some work with all the kickers and, and just put some things in place, um, which was great. We were doing two sessions a week for six weeks. We made some big strides. And probably the biggest thing that they needed was just to get themselves organized. Yeah. I felt with the NRL boys, it's very just chuck the ball on the tee. If it goes over, it goes over. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Um, there's only a few sort of real detailed guys. And funnily enough, they're the best kickers in the NRL. Mm-hmm. Everyone's else is, a, is just a bit of a cowboy. So um, I definitely noticed that as soon as I come in, that, man, you guys just, just need to put a little bit of thought and some processes and, and you'll be Come consistent really quick um and then what's happened with covid um they all the nrl clubs just have a sort of inner bubble of coaches so just yep. the main coaches that they need so all the resource coaches um weren't able to, to get there um or to, to fly in or whatever so um just been doing my best online with huddle the guys are pretty good with just taking some videos on their phone and sending via whatsapp so in season you're not really changing too much anyway it's just hey just remember this keep this in focus this week um so yeah there's just been a couple little back and forth like that yeah yeah and i wasn't gonna even mention anything like that but i i've I've noticed it massively like the difference between a rugby union kicker and a rugby league (laughs) kicker is crazy isn't it like sometimes you just think is that he's just going for a hit and miss there like a hit and hope you know yeah but yeah, obviously it's great to, to be working at that club and I don't know how much time you spent in there, but I've had a few boys on from the storm and, and the culture and uh, is meant to be uh, completely different to anywhere else, I guess. Yeah, you just you just see it daily just with their training habits, how they do it. I think one thing I've been seriously impressed with is there's a lot of chat around Craig Bellamy, who definitely is, is one of the best to do it as a head coach. But this is support staff at the Storm are incredible. The way that they carry themselves, their standards, um, and then that just becomes really contagious. So, um, But yeah, we definitely got some, like you said, the detail. We got some really good wins. Just even the boys understanding how how they put their, their ball on their tee because that kind of gets you into process thinking where instead of just, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just chucking this on the tee. As soon as you've got a little thing to focus on, all of a sudden you can kind of um, focus on that little detail rather than the pressure of the kick. Um, and going up in sixes in the NRL instead of fours is, is massive. So I don't know why it's just yeah. you know overlooked for so long. <laughs> But no, that's fair enough. And and while we're on that, obviously, uh, with the tees, I did see um, Rugby Bricks and a Melbourne Storm. They've got a bit of a partnership going there with that. Is that right? What's the, what's the detail behind that? Yeah, so Frank Panisi, um, he, uh, general manager of, of the Storm, and I floated the idea. I'd say, hey, I'd love to do this. Um, there's a good opportunity here. It'd be cool to do a partnership um, this year. And yeah, that they were keen to do it. They're obviously an amazing club that we were really keen to partner with. So um, yeah, just made a Melbourne uh, a purple storm kicking tee that the boys use. Um, Paps is kicking off it at the moment, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and for us, just like yeah, the partnership side of it's been great to, for promotional stuff and and people actually able to to purchase a Melbourne Storm kicking tee has been pretty exciting for people as well. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Um, and those those teas are uh, getting a lot of publicity. I, I guess this is a, um, something I wanted to start with earlier, actually, and clear the elephant in the room. How much credit are you taking for Quade Cooper <laughs> kicking the kick after kicking off rugby bricks? Zero, absolutely zero credit. That's uh, that's all Quade. It's like uh, when I first started this, I always used to get pretty nervous when any kicker was using uh, uh, tees. And my dad said, I'm pretty sure the Gilbert guys don't really care if it goes over or not. The Gilbert rugby balls, like it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not on you. It's on, it's on them. So you can't. You can't say that and then take credit when they when they make them. But what a what a performance, eh? Oh wow! I um, I messaged Quade because he actually exper- I'd love to get him on the on the podcast because he actually experimented with kicking off low kicking tees as well. So when yep. he was in Japan, he was kicking it off the wolf, and then I tuned in the other night and he's on the mid cut. So he's obviously just found that that's how he's going to get the nicest strikes. And man, yeah. it was it was working. That's uh yeah definitely eight from eight and oh, it's just his maturity of that game and it showed how much he's changed as a player. He's always had that flair, do you mean? And and as he's got older, I think he's just taken it to the next level and it kind of shows working on yourself off the field, um, how much it can can uh, bring on the field as well. Absolutely, he definitely. And the post match interview was great. How he just talked about, um, you know, even put a post up just saying a new day's already here. So yeah. rather than getting stuck on just that big highlight, it's like yeah. no, no, let's let's win every day, which lines up definitely with what we're trying to do with rugby bricks. Definitely, yeah. His next job, next job. Mm. Yeah, I guess let's let's pull it back a little bit then. Firstly, mate, um, as we touched on there briefly, um, you you've played a fair bit, um, yourself. Um, just for everyone listening, can we just talk a, a bit of briefly in regards to your career and, and how it all started for you playing over in uh, New Zealand? Yes, yeah, so I was down south. Um, Otago was the team that I played for uh, in the provincial comp. And they're the, the same town as the, the home of the Highlanders as well. So it had a little bit to do with them. Um, played four seasons for Otago and then went up north and played for Northland, uh, the, the Tanifa. Um, probably the funnest rugby I ever played was was down south for Otago. We had Forsyth Bar Stadium, which is the one with the roof on it in New Zealand. So you're just playing the fastest, funnest rugby you've ever played under under that for home games. We had um, Fumiaki Tanaka, who's the Japanese halfback, come and play for us. And yeah, the fastest rugby I've ever played. So good. Um, and even the away teams just turned up to that stadium, just so stoked. Just like, man, this is going to be fun. So it was cool to have four years of that. Um, had Tony Brown as, as my coach, which was really inspirational with myself getting into coaching now and, and his approach. Um, in and out of super rugby squads as well. So I was with the Highlanders for a little bit, then with the Blues for a little bit. But just the backlog of quality 10s um, in New Zealand, like I learned a lot from, but also it's pretty hard to get a crack in, in one of those super rugby franchises at, at 10. So, um, yeah, that was my time in New Zealand rugby. And then um, spent a little bit of time in Hong Kong, played over there, but um, a couple of head knocks um sort of told myself that sorry there's a windblower outside the window oh, I, I, was, um, I was like oh, where's that coming from <laughs> yeah someone's cleaning up the gutter or something um he's pretty close sorry about that um 
So where, where was I going with that? Yeah, so a couple of head knocks just told myself that, hey, it's, it's time to maybe to move on because anyone who's had a head knock knows that it, it has a massive effect on you. So yeah, preach into um, the right man. Why, yeah, that's why I decided, you know what, I, I really want to look after this brain and have it forever. So let's um, get into coaching. Yeah, yeah. And I, and, and I really like to, to dig deep into your coaching brain. Um, but before that, let's just dig into Rugby Bricks. How did, how did the idea come around of Rugby Bricks? Were you still playing at the time when you had the idea? or? Yeah, so I was in my second last year in Northland. So I, I've got a big basketball background, so I loved playing basketball. It was my main sport growing up until I yeah. was 16. Um, and just being in that world, knowing how they train and the detail behind so much of their skill and how they work on it, I knew that rugby was probably missing that a little bit. I felt like a lot of the coaching was quite blanket coaching. Um, here's the three key points with how to kick a ball yep. rather than no, no, in this situation, this style of kick, here's what's important, da 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 da. Um, so following some of that content, um, also a little bit of cricket content as well, I thought no one's really doing this in this space in rugby, all the little key elements. So I saw an opportunity, um, and like anything, when you start, you, you first, um, your first sort of 100 posts aren't that great, but you get better at it and you learn how to do things better and smoother and uh, more relevant. Um, so that's why I started, really. Yeah, yeah. Um... And, and the detail that goes into those videos, like you said, there was nothing out there like that. Um, I guess yeah, I look back and I was talking to you about this when I dropped you a message back in 2017 when um, when we it was that was the first time we spoke. Um, wow. I think you had I think it was about 150 followers, and um, obviously you were giving out the, the J not C videos and and just giving people wow. that that general general advice, you know. Um, and the growth that you've had since then, right? Look, this morning before we jumped on, 141,000 followers. Um, so obviously shows that the, the content is very valuable to people. Was that always the goal? Like just co like a, a, online coaching? What, what, where did, what was the whole idea behind that? Yeah, I, I knew that I wanted to, to sell kicking tees. Yeah. Um, and so the idea was, well, wouldn't it be good to build an audience to then sell to? Um, yeah which I think a lot of people probably get around the wrong way from what mm. I've seen um, people having a crack at. And, and probably definitely following those other pages just showed me that if you give out all your best information, that's not giving away secrets or it's not, um, you're not giving too much away. You yeah. just, you're, you're making yourself explore different ways of learnings and teachings. And, and it's definitely, I've had those moments as well as you make a video and present on it. Then all of a sudden you understand it so much better, which then gets you into the next idea with the next video. Like it's just a, it really is a snowball effect. So I'd probably suggest that anyone that is looking to have a crack at something, just, just keep giving out all your best stuff because it only moves you forward as well. Um, so the yeah the growth has been cool, but like yourself, just consistently turning up day in day out's probably been the big one, um, rather than just coming out with a big wave at the start and then petering off. Like we've we've been doing this yeah since two thousand and seventeen and been extremely consistent with our content and and the level of our content as well, which I think's been the key to the growth. 
Yeah, yeah. Content definitely changes over the first few years. Like you said, your first hundred posts, you're probably not winging it a little bit, but um, you definitely don't have the best graphics and everything. And obviously, you look where it's come to now, and, and it's changed massively. But what I love there, um, and I'm so sure if you, like you said, in regards to business, not football year, but you know, you give, give, give. You're giving that free content, like you said, you're not giving away secrets. Um, but then obviously, other things that you do now sell, people are happy to buy. Do you know what I mean? They've got that trust yep. in you as well. Um, obviously, you don't just and, sell the rugby tees now. Yeah. And with the content, like uh, my example I use is if you think about a personal trainer, like they don't own the squat. And I'm sure that they get most of their clients to all do a barbell squat, right? Yep. But it's how it's what's important to you. It's it's how you've set your person up to squat, your rep range, your sets. Like that's where all the detail lies. So um, there's no harm in sharing all your best drills because there's so many variants to it all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. And 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 even though there is other pages out there now, um, and uh, without blowing smoke too much i think like we said with the attention to <laughs> the attention to detail it really does show the difference you know between players that are looking at an amateur level to to the difference to the top you know like just those drills the cues that you give it really probably changes people's perspective when they go to training as well and it's i guess obviously not lucky um you've been you've worked with some luckily sorry uh, you've worked with some great people now obviously when providing the content um, for example, if we looked at the Aaron Smith documentary, like how was it working with players like that day in, day out? It's really exciting. Um, and you realize that they are, they've been on that same wavelength of detail, but probably, and that's been the fun thing is giving people the opportunity themselves to share their detail because especially in New Zealand, like we're all such humble blokes um, and just like to keep it all on the inside and, and not sort of like the ex-professional. Yeah, I was just um, to say. <laughs> um, so as soon as I got talking with Aaron, like, and I've known Aaron for a while, like I knew that he loved all this stuff and to, as soon as we sort of put the camera on it just he was just rolling with all his little details and cues and footwork and um i think it sort of shows the respect of all the skill stuff as well because i see videos of people here's the three steps to making a quality tackle and it's almost disrespecting how hard each of these little micro things are yeah. um, and what I found is if you just just put a, a little bit more context this is the position that you're in trying to make a tackle you're rushing up you're trying to shut down space if this happens do this if that happens like there's so much more to it than here's the key things on how to kick a rugby ball um, and I think people like that content because oh here's a tiny little thing that i've already been putting a lot of work into that might help and i can try it out that day and that's been the cool thing yeah yeah 100 percent, mate and, and and it you probably think about it uh, obviously it's helping players a lot but what i like and, and i spoke to other people about this as well like you know when you start as a junior or you're playing for your local club like the coaching taking nothing away from them it's it, you know turn up do this drill get it through the hands, drop yeah. the ball, do some sprints. Do you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I, do you know I mean? Like, and I think getting this sort of content that you're providing out there is also going to help coaches learn, do you, you know, and, and, they're, and it's improving the game overall in, in general, you know? Absolutely. And a lot of those drills, like your, your passing drills are so outcome focused. So you might do a hundred passes and we only dropped two, but 
all of those passes had bad catches, bad transfers, bad technique, but we're just focusing on the two that we dropped. Yeah. So that was, it's been good for me shifting the focus on, you can literally focus on this drill on how your kids or players are catching their clean catchability. Just yeah. focus on that. I don't care if they drop it or what what's happening. Let's just see if we can nail that. And cause that's, that's how players get to the next level is those all, all those little micro things that stand out. Yeah. And, when you were playing, we always obviously there's the sort. It's not not everybody, um, or even the best players become the coaches. Um, there's certain players. Were you a kind of guy that went into that sort of detail when you were playing, or? Yeah, I definitely seeked it out. I always had skills coaches helping me or and developing. Um, had some great kicking coaches through my time. Just do sessions that I've still got in my notebook some of the things that we talked about and learned. So my brain definitely shift like the last three years of playing. I knew that I wanted to get into coaching and I suppose playing first five at 10 as well. You, you do a lot of driving of game plans and, and how you want to play. So it it, it was a natural progression. So yeah, I always did love the detail. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously that was my question there. Then next uh, to follow up on that, like the transition from playing to coaching, um, did you find it easy and how did it all come about? Um, did I find it easy? I I got given a couple of opportunities early on with just some rep rugby under 19, um, coached the under 19 Rebels boys side over here, which was great. Um, yep. And I found it relatively easy to tra- transition into all the rugby stuff. It was probably just learning about um, – interchanges um selection uh lead uh, sorry coaches meetings session plans that's the side that you don't really um put any time into as a player and you definitely don't notice all the stuff that your coaches are doing around you outside um so it's been good but i'm so big on on monkey see monkey do so just teaming up with some really cool people and good coaches you, you really quickly learn what you should be doing and the level of detail and, and how to do things, how to align all your clips. And um, yeah, if you're open to it, you, you learn so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously you said he started with the rebels. How did your coaching journey look? I've seen you've obviously been doing a fair bit with a few different sides there. Um, you've done a bit with the Wallaroos, obviously kicking coaches at different clubs. Um, what's your yep. coaching plans moving forward? Yeah. So the, did the Rebels 19s, then got the, the Wallaroos, and then a lot of one-on-one stuff with individual players, which has been fun. Um, and uh, moving forward, like, oh, I definitely want to be a full-time coach. That's the plan. Yep. And I um, was speaking to a mentor earlier last week, actually, and he was saying that sort of before the age of 40, I'm 32 now, it's really good to just get a lot of experience, um, sort of spend two years at one place, go somewhere else two years. And just, if you just think about collecting as much experience as possible, it's probably the best way to move forward. So rather than focusing on, I want to be a super rugby head coach by the time I'm 36, yeah. it's it's not it's not a good way to go about it. It's, I just want to pick up as much experience as possible, learn about all the different skill set sides of coaching, um, the the Wallaroo stuff has been unbelievable with what I've learned from coaching the girls because um, a lot of them haven't had their haven't been through academies they haven't been through yeah. pro teams to get to the Wallaroos it's it's how do you coach better how do you organize messaging queuing um, so again what a fantastic experience 
Yeah, and saying that obviously they don't come through academies and stuff. You probably get a lot. Well, I know that you get a lot of girls from out of the country and stuff. Um, when I put some questions out earlier, I had nothing but praise from a lot of the Australia girls side. So they obviously think highly of your coaching. Um, how is it? Do you find much of a difference? Did you have to pull it back a fair bit? Um, and just go through that more to build that professional side within their game or. Um, it's not so much pull it back, but it's definitely understand that they haven't done as many reps as a male player in the same position. So yeah. um, even just something simple as catch pass, like we were at a national um, training week, we were literally doing passing blocks, just working on technique, getting those reps in. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that was the beauty of it is keep the main things are still the main things that we need to do really well. So it was a really good opportunity to get all that really good, um, simple queuing in so that then they could take that away back to their states and continue to, to work and build on. Yeah. Whereas it would have been easy to say, no, nah, no, nah, we're in test week. Like we're just focusing on what the moves are, what the game plan is. Whereas my approach was, no, nah, no, nah, we have to install a lot of the stuff that you have missed out on through academies and, and the, the male pathway. We have to get that in as well um, yeah. so that we can move forward. Yeah. And how the... The Super Rugby, obviously, with the women's went ahead last season. Like um, the game is growing, it growing rapidly. Like, um, is this something you want to stay involved with, or you like you just not putting your eggs all in one basket? I definitely want to stay involved. I've got huge passion for growing the women's game, um, and you've probably noticed through Rugby Bricks so much of the content is is showing females doing what they're doing and, and class females. Um, I'm a big fan of building the the world's best players. It's something I'm really passionate about and when we're doing a session that's that's what we're doing we're building you to be one of the best in the world to do it yeah. um and so yeah I'm, I'm definitely keen to stay involved with the girls and some of the when when you coach you get great feelings and feedback because you're working towards someone and helping build someone's game and and i've had a really a lot of really cool moments with a lot of players yeah. um, over the last couple of years yeah, perfect. Um, the one question that came in actually is: Is it have you got a nickname, Pistol? <laughs> yes, it's not real common, but it's starting to catch on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can guess who that one came from, but um, no, that's fine. And, and we'll stick with the coaching thing, mate. I just wanted to get that in before I forgot there. Um, like obviously, you said you reached out to mentors and stuff. Everyone's got a different coaching strategy, or there's a lot out there. Um, Obviously, I do a fair bit with like New South Wales rugby and stuff where you go through your level two and you, you've got that skill drill game. Do you think that changes the higher up you go or what, what's your kind of coaching strategy or um, a couple that you've learned? Yeah, definitely strategy would be gameplay is, is so key. Yeah. Um, probably one thing that I've learned going through the New Zealand system is how many ball games we play at trainings all to get those instinct play goings position one through 15, having the ability to ball play, use hesitation in their game um, rather than just sort of that um, generic set piece um, strike move style. Yeah. I think um, so much of the game, like if you, if you take out of sort of set piece, it's over about 40% of the game is just off turnovers, counter attack, kicking game. It's all just, you know, it's all playing rugby as we yeah. put it. So you have to have that amount of input in your training sessions of 
making decisions on the run, ball play, deception, hesitation, all those things. And the only way you get that is by playing ball games at training and getting better at that. It's probably something that's overlooked a little bit from what I see. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on your head when you said playing rugby. You go back and not taking any anything away from previous coaches or juniors or, or, or growing up, but how many times do you turn up to training? You said you're doing scrums, line outs, a handling drill, and then into a team run. Yeah, but the the picture is never changing. You know, we work on a skill, take it into a game situation. Work on another skill, take it into a game situation. Um, is, is yeah. kind of what I'm trying to get now for for coaches listening. I guess obviously for for people that have been involved, it's a little bit easier to talk about. But yeah, I think that's something that um, rugby bricks and and yourself has really worked on to to change as well. Um, Absolutely. Just with the mentors thing there, like, um, is there any coaches that you're still talking with now or still learning from or, or that any of them have had big uh, influence on you, co- you heading into coaching? Yeah, Tony Brown was big. He, everyone that has sort of played under Tony understands what he's about and his style and what's important to him. So probably just seeing, seeing how he went about it, how much – he really gave you a task to do on the field, which I think is really important. Um, and definitely in the women's game having a task that you can achieve is measurable and then I can feel good about is really good whereas the blanket coaching is just go out there and express yourself and just have a crack it's not a really confident booster as a player whereas if you tell a say a winger like as soon as you get the ball your objective is to beat the first defender if you can do that and then create from that that's what I'm looking for and now the winger knows that sweep my, my job I've got to do in this situation is beat the first defender um, and light it up from there so having having things right across your game um, that are achievable and measurable that you can look back and say yeah I achieved all those is really clear and yeah. then also the other person in your position who's going for the number 10 jersey has got the same tasks as well. So now it's who's doing the job better and you can both get really, you know, both get really hungry about doing doing the job well. So Tony's been big. And then the other one I'd probably mention, Stephen Larkham. So he helped out with the Wallaroos um, when we were in, when we were playing games. So he's been awesome just to go back and forth with, with ideas and, and, and how the game's played. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good, and and I love the detail. I think everything we're talking about is going back to detail. I think that's whether that's in football or business. Um, like you said, you get so many cliche things, or you know, just make sure you break the tackle, or um, you know, use your top two inches from the coaches that yeah. you know. And but but and in the same way, if you have a role, you know, you break it down. You can work on those things into training. You can take those those things into a game. Um, and the yep. same with business, you know, if you've, if you plan the organize, you know what you've got to get done. Um, you kind of, uh, yeah, same principles there. And that, uh, that message has been driven home again, seeing how the storm guys operate. It's the same thing. Every player in that team have got really clear objectives that they have to achieve. Um, and you can almost see in the moment that the, they have this like look on their face or they've realized I didn't achieve the task in this situation. Um, So you quickly fix it, which is cool. So rather than, yeah, like you're saying, just go out there and smash someone. It's, it's not really helpful to a player. Um, As we have my advice. Yeah. Cool. Um, Lastly here, mate, um, I'll get into a couple of Q and A's. I just want to talk more, I guess, with the plans of rugby bricks moving forward. Um, Something I, 
don't know too much on, um, honestly, but I've seen it um, around social media a lot. Obviously, with times changing, is the uh, the rugby bricks and the NFTs. Um, could you could we have a little chat about that and where you think that's going to go? Yeah, it's very very early and very new and. It was one thing that we talked about doing uh, about a month ago, and I was so keen on it because because our, a lot of our followers have have got the full set of rugby bricks kicking tees. It's so cool to see they send through photos and they're collecting their tees, um, all different styles of tees as well. So collecting things is we all do it. Yeah. So NFT stands for non fungible tokens and one thing about humans is we all collect things. We all collect clothes, shoes. Um, we might've collect basketball cards growing up, baseball cards, stamps, fridge magnets. We all do collect. And there's the new technology of cryptocurrencies and blockchain has allowed for a new way of collecting online. And probably the best way to explain it is Pokemon go. So remember the craze of everyone running around with their, their, yeah, their, their phones, phones. Yeah. yeah, playing Pokemon that. Go. So that was that was digi- digital, <laughs> digital collecting. Yeah. Um, so that was exactly what that is. NFTs has kind of just confused everyone of this new thing, um, and now that money's involved, but it literally is the exact same thing. Yep. So what we've done is we've released our we're using uh, Kicking Tees as the, the main product and you can collect digital online cards that then hold value. Now, the cool thing is that because it's digital, you can add assets to it. So with our 10 gold rare cards that we're releasing on Friday, so September the 17th, yeah. attached to that, if you own that card on the 1st of December of every year that you own it going forward, you'll get sent out a Rugby Bricks gift box full of Kicking Tees journals, boot bags, whatever we ask, we want to chuck in there. The owner of that NFT will receive that on the 1st of December. So um that's the cool thing about the space. It's all, it's already taking off um, and you can get lost in the deep web learning about it. Um, but I think it's going to become a lot more mainstream over the next couple of years. Yeah. And um, you, I find um, if you get on it early with most things, uh, you're usually the one that uh, leads the charge. So yeah, it's pretty interesting to see. Like I said, I don't know too much detail about it, but yeah, it seems really, really interesting, mate. Yeah, exactly right. And it's it's still a little bit clunky and people don't know too much about it. Um, but we've definitely seen the opportunity of, and probably the human behavior is the thing that made us excited to get into it because it all makes sense. Like it's what we've been doing for the last how many years we've been around. Yeah, perfect. I'm just going to just jump into a, a couple of Q&As. Um, mate, I'd be surprised. Like I look, obviously I've only been running the podcast for... Um, a few months and don't have the biggest following at the moment but um you'd be surprised how many people messaged in just thank actually as a thank you um just saying um i'll just read like a couple out can you just tell peter thank you as his videos have helped me so much um thank you it's so cool to learn i'm from somebody like peter um, yeah, and there's just a lot of more thank yous than questions, mate. So um, as, as awesome. I've reiterated, um, going through this, I, I think, you know, at any age, seeing the amount of detail that goes into it is, is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and I, I was definitely that player as well. Like I, I, I had one kicking session with this guy, Matt Carrington, like 
15 years ago and still to this day like i'm so thankful for the help and the advice and, and what he did like giving up of time so yeah. i guess I, all these kids that are out there kicking and having a crack like i was that kid being a geek and loving all the detail so um it's cool that you know what i'm throwing down is being um valued yeah valued mate and and yeah it's uh, it's pretty cool mate i'll um through the questions to be honest with you i've just been Grace Hamilton, I've been going back and forth to Grace <laughs> to get her, get her on a while. She's from out, out here and uh, we share a couple of mutual friends and she was uh, sending in a few questions. She she asked me to stitch you up, but um I said that uh, I said I'm too much of a too much of a good bloke. But um she does say um obviously about pistol and uh, loves a red and dairy milk chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. She's a great girl, Gracie. Yeah, no, she's uh, doing good things. Um, the last question then, here we go. This is actually from Grace. Um, she's got one part and I'll add the last part and I'll be happy to, to wrap it up there, mate. We'll probably drag out for a little bit. But um, who's the ultimate person you'd like to have on your Rugby Bricks podcast? And why would you like to have them on there? Like what sort of conversation would you like to have? Um, wow, this has just happened last week. So it was Wayne Smith, like for so long. Wayne Smith was the guy that I wanted to I'll give you two answers Wayne Smith the first one then Kevin Hart would be the second one <laughs> um, Wayne Smith just because so much of what he did as a coach and is continuing to do is um, probably inspirational to it to how I'm having a crack he's got a famous quote quote that you don't have to be a world-class player to give a world-class effort and I think there's a lot of people out there like myself that never played for the All Blacks, won World Cups and got to the top of the game, Dan Carter status. But how can we then put energy and time into something and give a world-class effort? And that's what Wayne does as a coach. Um, and so many people that have had Wayne just talk about how giving he was, how the way that he makes players feel, the confidence and all those really good things. So Wayne was the guy and luckily had him on the podcast um, last week, which um, I know that you've listened to as well. Yeah, I was going to say it's a great listen. If you haven't listened to it, jump on. Yeah. And then Kevin Hart. I'm big on actors, eh? Like I and comedians, they're so creative and clever, and the work ethic that they have, the work that they put into their performance, um, getting their comedy routine down and timing and all the rest of it. Like I love the craft, I love detail. So a guy like Kevin Hart and just how um, how his energy is so contagious with his audience is pretty cool. So he'd be so funny to have on. It's a long <laughs> shot, but we'll work on him. Right. <laughs> Get in his DMs, you never know what can happen. <laughs> yeah, imagine his DMs would be crazy. Yeah, well, I'm good. I'm good friends with uh, Dwayne Johnson, so I could just message him. <laughs> <laughs> True. Get yeah. them both on. Yeah, we'll get them both on. Now, mate, I'm really happy with that. Like I said, um, grateful for your time. Firstly, um, obviously, I hope everything gets back to normal as quick as possible in Melbourne. The same year in New South Wales, especially yeah. when we're getting married in seven weeks. But um, we'll we'll see. Wow. Um, yeah. Thanks, mate. And um, uh, for everyone listening, yeah, check out Rugby Bricks if you haven't and uh, get on the NFTs and uh, the new tees and uh, notepads.
No, and thanks very much for having me on, Joshua. Like I, I seriously appreciate every one of our followers. Uh, it really does mean a lot. And to hear that you are on it from 2017 is pretty cool. And I still, yeah. I still have the odd person mention um, some stuff from back then or share me a post. And yeah, it's pretty cool to see where it's got to. So we'll keep always, on, keep on. Always rolling. remember. Oh, I always remember J not C. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, that was the big thing at the start, wasn't it? Like the the J not C. 100%. And, uh, such such a good cue. Still it was, use it. It was really strange because after that I got the um kicking duties taken off me, but that's what that's the way <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, that's the way it goes. Top man.